3: Hello and welcome to Cinematic Universe, the podcast that today will be reviewing its fourth year of podcasting about comic book movies. I'm Joe Cunningham and joining me to help make sense of the comics behind the movies are...
2: Sir Patrick. And James Hunt.
3: Listeners, welcome to the 2018 Cupies. The fourth annual cuppies. No, no. <laughs> James, we, discussed we, have-
2: this, we discussed this and we both said no.
3: I think no. I think we made it happen. We did make it happen.
4: (laughs) It is. It is the Cuppies. I'm just more confused. But I've I've managed to get confused by maths here because I'm like it's 2018 and we started the podcast in 2015. Uh, So surely we've been going for three years. But no, you're right. We've done four full years. So yeah. yeah. So it'll
3: be our proper fourth (laughs) anniversary in January. Yeah. uh, But this is our fourth, and we'll also hit our 200th episode.
4: episode in about. Four or five episodes time, uh, roughly, like including and minisodes and bonuses and stuff.
3: And we're close. So we, we're closing in on a hundred, right? On the on the main mains. episodes. Yeah, we're we're,
4: we're about to. Hit. We've just had eighty-eight, which was Spider Verse. So yeah. And
3: people thought this podcast concept didn't have legs. <laughs> they just keep making more of them, you guys.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I th- I, th- I think there is going to come a point where we've run out of old movies and we only cover new movies, but we still have enough to do at least one a month.
3: Yeah. Oh, 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 just keep up the regular pacing. To be honest, the way the way that we the the more and more superhero <laughs> movies that we get every year, I think the first year we did this, there were three superhero movies to choose from for best new film, and I think it was <laughs> Ant Man, Fantastic Four, Age of Ultron. Yes, and, it wasn't even
4: a strong field in 2015, was
3: it? <laughs> and you look at this year, and we have struggled to narrow that category down to five nominees. So. Uh, that should say a lot about
4: how things are going. I, th- I think up top, I think it's. I would say it's fair to say that. Well, I, I I think this is the best new, the best year we've had for new films since we started doing the podcast. I would and say you definitely. Could go yeah. so far as to say the best full stop. I mean, 2014 had Winter Soldier and Guardians, but I can't remember what else it had that was much cop.
2: I, have I think three, thing, this at least year three is the strongest movies this year. Yeah. And a lot of three and four ones, so.
4: and even the bad ones or the bad in inverted comma ones have have been enjoyable in their. have had stuff to enjoy in their own way, or some people have really liked them. So you know, I mean, I hands up still haven't seen Venom, but Venom and Aquaman seem to to have had quite similar reactions in terms of, you know in another you know in another year they might have just turned out to be bad films that people didn't like but they seem to be not necessarily great films that actually people kind of like anyway
2: i just want to be fair to aquaman here aquaman is at least competent
4: <laughs> i like
3: aquaman uh we should probably do that little bit of housekeeping up at the top um we were not able to podcast about Aquaman before we got to this episode. Uh, we were hoping to do it last week. I got uh, uh, I got tonsillitis and couldn't leave the house to go to the cinema. Um, so that kind of scuppered that one slightly. Um, although I have now caught up in it. So we are going to be considering it for these awards. Um, and I should probably run you through all of the movies that we are considering for these awards. Which are the movies that we have covered on the podcast in 2018. So those are... The Dark Knight, Hellboy 2, Black Panther, Superman 3, Thor The Dark World, Generation X, Green Lantern, Avengers Infinity War, Deadpool 2, Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, Men in Black, Batman Forever, The Incredibles 2, Spider-Man 3, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Spawn, V for Vendetta, X-Men The Last Stand, Venom, Captain America The Winter Soldier, The Rocketeer, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, and then Aquaman, and we will also, because James and I have both now seen it, um, be considering Teen Titans go to the movies,
4: and I, I do also think it's funny that you know, as, as we've just said about it being the best year for new movies, <laughs> I like that we balanced that out with a lot of shit from the archive. I was say, <laughs> a,
2: the worst movie category is going to be hotly contested this year.
3: <laughs> we, uh, to be honest, it's it's pretty lucky that the movies that have been released this year have been of yeah. a sufficient quality <laughs> because we have piled some shit in there.
4: Although we started, we we started and ended the year with some of the very best so
3: yes there is still good stuff to consider um okay guys um let's get things going and um let's do what i always like to do which is to start off with a supporting (laughs) a supporting actor category um and we'll mirror last year we'll kick things off with best supporting actor which uh, last year was won by tom hiddleston for the avengers was previously been won by steve buscemi and jk simmons um just missing out this year and uh, i.e these were nominated by one of the three of us but didn't make it in uh roger allen from the vendetta alan arkin from the rocketeer robert redford robert redford from captain America: the winter soldier nathan fillion from um that's horrible sing-along bog and bizarrely james tofa grace from venom
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> i liked him from <laughs> Spider Man Three, not from Vince.
3: Sorry, from Spider Man Three. That's unless kinda. there's
4: a unless there's a surprise cameo. Having not seen the film, I don't <laughs> actually know. But I feel like that would have been talked about. No, mercifully, no.
3: So the names that actually do make the list, we have Chris Hemsworth for Avengers Infinity War, Gary Oldman for The Dark Knight, Vincent D'Onofrio for Men in Black, Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther, and Heath Ledger for
4: The Dark Knight. Okay, can we debate the fact that Heath Ledger's here as best supporting actor? Because
0: yeah, I think who, I nominated him that? for best did actor. Did I do that?
2: <laughs> he um, a lead actor, right?
3: Did we? I, I don't think anyone nominated him for best actor.
4: Mm, I think I did, unless unless I shuffled mm. things round at the last I minute. I think
3: I think you shuffled things round. I mean, he yeah. won best supporting actor at the Oscars, so I know,
4: but by our <laughs> criteria.
0: <laughs> so um... this is
3: this is going to be a controversial one. If 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 the Academy decided that Heath Ledger was the best supporting actor. That year against all of the movies, we should be selecting him for this, right?
4: <laughs> I mean, he's well, I mean, but there is strong competition. I mean, this is This, I, I think this, is, this is always the strongest acting field, best supporting actor. Because we say this every year, but this genre is so good at secondary. Unfortunately, male characters doesn't tend, you know, best supporting actress tends to be a hard one. To, actually, you know, best actress tends to be harder to fill out. The best supporting actress, yeah. but secondary and tertiary characters in these films are so often some of the most enjoyable things about it. And I, I chucked in some names in my nominations that maybe shouldn't necessarily have been ahead of of more high profile ones but i just kind of wanted to acknowledge in there so i'd nominated alan arkin for rocketeer and roger allen for v for vendetta because as we said on that episode basically the only thing i loved about that film was roger allen um but then you but then you look at the top level and you, you know you've got what i think was as great as he's turned out to be a revelatory performance from chris hemsworth in infinity war although again do we question who counts as supporting and, and lead in that film? Yeah. But you've got two of the best villain turns in modern superhero cinema in there, and it's really tough to choose between those two, uh, Michael B. and Thornton, Ledger.
3: And we've got Vincent D'Onofrio as Edgar Bug.
2: Which, I mean, we're yeah, nominating fine. him for Edgar Bug, but really he's going to win for Kingpin in Daredevil, right?
3: No, no. I <laughs> not
4: eligible. Not eligible.
3: Mm. I... I really do love Edgarberg. I, no, he I don't think no, he's going to win here, but yeah. it's just it's it's such a great specific physical performance. But that's um, what
2: D'Onofrio is so good at is doing mm, like, really hyper specific performances.
3: And he's and he's fantastic in that. I, yeah, I think this is a really strong field. Chris Hemsworth for me was the. Uh, yeah, I. One of the MVPs, anyway, of Infinity War. Certainly, mm-hmm. in terms of anyone you could consider for supporting actor, which is most of the cast. Um, I think Chris Hemsworth kind of married the two versions of Thor that he played previously, kind of perfectly.
4: In I mean that, that scene War. where he
2: where he's talking to Rocket and like the bravado kind of drops for a second.
4: Yeah, it's that one. And that he's like crying, yeah. and you're like, oh,
2: it's you know, it's comedy Thor, but actually with some heart as well.
4: That's that's yeah. what I mean about it being revelatory because we've seen before that Chris Hemsworth can do, you know, big dumb action hero, and we've seen that he can do comedy, but this was him actually. I I think this is the first time Chris <laughs> Hemsworth has made me actually feel emotion in a film before.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna, I, I'm not going to lie, guys. The the one that stands out to me here as not being quite at the level of the others is, and I, this might sound like sacrilege, but Gary Oldman in The Dark Knight. Because he's good, but he's not the best supporting actor in that movie. Um, that's I that's Heath Ledger. Again,
4: I, I, I should I should just bring up my list here, really, so I can I can refer back <laughs> to. It. But he was. I oh know he. No, I did still end up nominating him as, and I did nominate Heath Ledger as well. I yeah. think I was close to bumping out Gary Oldman to only choose one person from Dark Knight. Um,
2: in fairness, but... I I completely forgot Heath Ledger <laughs>
0: in either of my categories,
2: <laughs> and probably probably would have put him in supporting actor so
4: yeah no i mean look I, I mean i'm complaining about something i myself did so let's let's <laughs> drop back and and also I, supporting actor i think
3: he I, he is the supporting actor i think because in terms of screen time as well that
4: the... actually no do you know you're right that's that's the reason why i started to think about screen time and i thought actually um uh uh ah, i've got this name um christian bale no um, no. um harvey oh god Aaron, uh, Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. yeah um has got way more screen time and it, and it's closer to being a lead because, again, as we talked about in the episode, I think The I think the Dark Knight is a film actually lacking a lead actor and performance. Um, you know, the, I think the supporting actors completely overshadow him and actually it feels more like they are leads. But yeah, no, in terms of screen time, here's, let's not, we don't need to debate it anymore. He is supporting actor, not lead actor. It's just that he dominates the entire conversation around the film. So, and it's for that reason that I think I would, you know, lay my cards on the table. I would push for him just narrowly ahead of Michael B. Jordan, who let's similarly drives debate in the conversation around that film.
3: Let's talk about Michael B. Jordan, because that is... Here's a guy who, last time he was in a superhero movie, probably didn't trouble our awards. Um, <laughs> fantastic Four. Um, but he is... I mean, he. I, I wanted to nominate Winston Duke in this category as well. Mm. Um but I couldn't because I, I, I was like, well, but it's, it's Michael B. Jordan though, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't want
4: to. In any boat, other guys. film that didn't have Michael B. Jordan as that as that villain, Winston Duke would be one of those great. I mean, and is one of those great secondary, tertiary character turns mm-hmm. that we were talking mm-hmm. about. But you can't nominate him in in this ahead of Michael. B. And you could nominate them both, I suppose. But yeah. Um, that what michael b jordan does there the the charisma that he has and he is just
3: not just the charisma the the bottled rage as well yeah
4: he he it's one of those you know there's a there's a lot of great stuff going on in that film and a lot of great performances going on in that film but he's the guy who when he's whenever he's in it you can't take your eyes off him and when he's not in it you want him to (laughs) be in it again
2: where's michael b jordan
4: (laughs) yeah exactly it's it's one of those performances and Yeah,
2: and I think it's uh,
3: uh, this is the case for both uh, Heath Ledger and Michael B. Jordan. When those films came out, they dominated the conversation, like to the point where people were going, "Is Chadwick Boseman good?" As <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I mean, we we had that conversation on this podcast, and I think with the answer that we settled on was, "Yes, it is a nuanced and interesting performance," but Michael B. Jordan is so good. Mm. that's that's the difference
2: i mean i can't think of any other film where i was waiting at the end and being like i really hope the villain doesn't die because mm. i want yes. him back for the next film
3: normally you're like oh really you've not yeah. you've not killed that one off oh, okay i guess we'll wait and see that character come but back like but a
2: black panther film without michael b jordan
3: i mean it's I half could...
2: as interesting as one with him
3: i can absolutely see it being Good. It's yeah. just, it's just. After watching that film, you're like, oh, I want to, I want to see more of that character. Mm. But having said that, that final scene, and that, and that line yeah, delivery like, when he's stood, like, so when he's strong. on his knees looking over Wakanda. Um, I mean, who knows? I, there's there's potential, I guess, that he could be Oscar nominated as well because Black Panther is in the awards conversation, and Michael B. Jordan is going to be out there with uh, because of Creed as well um a movie that he should have been nominated for the the first uh creators. so um maybe he'll get a nomination for for black panther this time it's difficult it's really difficult for me um this one because those two performances are so fantastic
2: i mean the th- the only thing i would say is that heath ledger's performance is so iconic uh, it sort of yeah. threatens to to define the character forever
3: it's and i'm new, not sure uh...
2: that's true of killmonger
3: yeah, I think it might be slightly recency biased that I'm even considering <laughs> Michael <laughs> B. Jordan. Because and recently biased just in you know, in terms of watching that movie, watching Black Panther three or four times this year, I think. <laughs> and and not tiring of it and yeah, and the Dark Knight being what a decade old at this point. But yeah.
2: I mean I okay, here's my other pitch for in support of Heath Ledger. As much as like Michael B. Jordan is probably my favourite thing about this entire year, um I would say that Michael B. Jordan's performance in Black Panther doesn't really owe anything to any previous depictions. Like, it's entirely created sort of whole cloth for that film, whereas Heath Ledger's sort of genius was to to reinterpret something that was already in the you know, in the sort of cultural consciousness.
3: Yeah, about- yeah we said um, I think we said this on the podcast at the time, you forget that when that movie came, oh, when that movie was coming out, people, <clears throat> e- e- even after Heath Ledger had passed, and there was all the hype for the performance, people were saying, "Well, yeah, but how can you, how can you outdo the Jack Nicholson performance? It's, it's perfect. It's iconic. It's, mm-hmm. it's you can't better it." Yep. And I think people would now they say said,
2: they said the same about Heath Ledger when Jared Leto was cast and. <laughs> <I
3: don't know. laughs> Is it Heath Ledger, guys? It feels like it has to be Heath Ledger.
2: I can't see how we can give it to anyone else.
4: I think it's, yeah. And uh, there is an element of tactical voting as well, because I don't think this will be the last time that we talk about Michael B. Jordan's performance in this character. Um, Yes. and, And in terms of which way round to do it, I would say Heath Ledger more for the performance. So... Okay. It's just, I, I, I think we, yeah, we said everything that needed to be said about it on that episode. And I think I, I seem to remember kind of winding up that episode with a kind of another lengthy <laughs> kind of ramble about it. But <laughs> it's just incredible. I, I like. I think I'd go so far as to say it's my favourite performance in this entire genre. So, yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so Hugh Fletcher is the winner of Best Supporting Actor this year. We'll move on to one of our... Um... Sillier categories, uh, which is best couple. Uh, we, we, we um, this is one that we always seem to have some fun with in the Tony the, Stark
4: and Pepper Potts award. Uh,
3: uh, they've only won it once. Uh, previous <laughs> winners were Bob and Helen Parr in The Incredibles. Uh, Tony and Pepper uh, won, won it one year, and uh, Wade Wilson and Vanessa won it one year. Strangely, haven't been nominated again this year. <laughs> I can't think why. Deadpool two. You absolute shit. Um, so, <laughs> um, I won't go through all of the bizarre nominations that that popped up here. Uh, James nominated Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, not yeah. not the characters, the the actors. <laughs> yeah, for Green Lantern. <laughs> uh, Tony and Pepper did get a solitary no- nomination for Infinity War. Um, I nominated Stephen Peggy because we had two minutes of it in the Winter Soldier, and I will. I was
2: ab- I was literally about to say that. I don't think. I don't think Pepper and Tony were on screen for long enough, but Stephen Peggy. Are they even in the same shot?
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Yes. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't vote for Stephen Peggy this time around. <laughs> I absolutely couldn't. This year. They've never won. They've never won it, you guys. <laughs> no, they're, they're going to win it for Endgame. Oh, God. Um, I, I've struggled this year with this one because it's not been a great. Years worth of films for it, and I think that's why I fell back on so many less than serious ones.
3: Well, uh, let's go through the the nom- the actual I really nominees. If this one made it in. So, um, squeaking in was Tony Stark and Stephen Strange. Uh, yeah. Then St- uh, Steve Rogers and Bucky, um, Eddie and Venom, which is which was my contribution, um, Scott Lang and Hope Van Dyne for Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then Arthur and Mira from Aquaman. Um, Aquaman gets into the nominations. James, both of us nominated that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my feeling about that is that when I was watching Aquaman, you know the scene where, spoilers, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Aquaman yet, you know the scene where they actually kiss? Right, yeah. I was like, this is the horniest kiss I've ever seen in a comic book movie.
4: <laughs> is that not just because it's Amber Heard and Jason Momoa?
2: Yeah, but any <laughs> any kiss that horny has to go on the nominations. <laughs> that is my official line on it.
3: And my uh, my favourite parts of that movie were those two going out and being tinted, basically. Yeah, yeah, nice. the,
2: the bit where they're in the desert is great fun. Yeah. Or whether in uh, Sicily is it yeah yes so the Enjoyable. Sicily
3: sequence is great so yeah I, w- I, I I wanted to nominate those um Scott and hope I just I, I like I like those kids you guys <laughs> I don't i will be honest though when I look at Scott and hope I don't I don't have them up there with some of the previous winners in terms of like a real I like seeing them hang out but you know what if those two decided that they just wanted to be superhero friends together and not a couple that wouldn't bother me too much either
2: yeah no i agree with that
3: okay uh seb do you want to uh do you want to make your case for tony stark and Stephen strange
4: i mean have you ever seen quite so much unresolved sexual tension
3: uh, in, <laughs> in a movie it's it's
4: blistering
3: well given their based that given that relationship was based on fraser and niles yeah. um <laughs> I feel very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> <laughs> I I do I I do like that pairing in the movie of basically yes here here are two sides of the same coin. Um and and yeah and I, and I think that that analogy when I read that how do we how do we approach that these characters because they're so similar and they just went Fraser and Niles and we, and you go okay yeah well done you've nailed it.
4: <laughs> I think um, they probably secretly do quite want to do it though. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Stephen Bucky is pretty obvious.
4: I think I think to be honest based on Winter Soldier, I think Stephen Bucky is a very strong contender here. Here's
3: I mean, the thing though. I... Here's the thing. Seb, you haven't seen Eddie kissing Venom. I haven't that, seen Eddie that
2: that is very Venom. true.
3: And that the the relationship between Eddie and Venom in that movie while I I know that the rest of these There is, you know, there's there's some joking about, you know, here are are couples who, you know, have got so much chemistry that obviously, obviously there's sexual tension there. With Eddie and Venom, they full on make out (laughs) and Venom goes inside Eddie and Eddie refers to that pretty bluntly. As, uh, in regards to what's happening there. It, I think that that is a relationship that we have seen consummated on screen.
2: I mean, and to be fair, right, that is the the sort of spine around the narrative, spine of the narrative, right, is that, that Eddie gets dumped and Venom is essentially his new girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's what the film is hanging around. It doesn't quite make it explicit but you know you can see you can see that they were actually going for that as a thing like as as we i think i think it's one of those i think it's one of
3: those things that tom hardy was leaning into again i I think tom hardy saw that thread there
2: we talked didn't we about how at the end of the film like him and annie back together and actually no they're not no because he's with venom now
3: yeah and yeah they're they're sharing a body and they're very close and also, I really liked the patter and the fact that it's Tom Hardy and Tom Hardy. And here are the good things about Venom. They're Tom Hardy. It, <laughs> it felt appropriate to nominate them here. Um, that that would be the the couple that would get my backing. Uh, I understand, Seb, you haven't seen that. Who? Where would you be throwing your weight behind?
4: Um, I mean, I I am happy to kind of back off on this one because there isn't one that I feel strongly enough about. I mean, you know, we all know my feelings on Tony and Pepper, but yeah, come on, it's based on about 30 seconds of screen time in Infinity (laughs) War. Um, I don't think Steve and Peggy had enough time together to qualify. I'm kind of surprised that James didn't nominate Darcy and Ian uh (laughs) i was Uh, gonna say
2: like why on earth would i nominate (laughs) anyone getting their hands on Cut dennings except me
3: so james which which is the one that you would really sell out for here basically what i'm asking you is how horny was that kiss
2: uh it was quite horny but
3: not horny enough
2: i mean it feels like they're gonna do each other and then realize they hate each other whereas venom and eddie i think is more you know lasting yeah, are
3: you gonna are you gonna are you gonna ride the Venom train with me?
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Oh, fantastic. That makes me so happy. The <laughs> winner of best couple this year is Eddie Brock and Venom.
4: <laughs> Excellent oh, stuff. It seems appropriate.
3: <laughs> You're a loser, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Um, okay, uh let's move on now to um a musical category, um, but not best song quite yet, which, spoiler alert, has got a lot stronger this year than it has been in previous <laughs> years. Um, but we'll we'll go with best score here. Um, the five nominees here, um, and all of these were quite well supported. Um, the Winter Soldier, uh, Incredibles 2, Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, and The Dark Knight. Guys, do you want to make your case strongly for any of those?
2: I cannot make my case strongly for film scores in almost any circumstance because I don't remember a single note of 90% of
0: film scores. <laughs>
2: the one exception I've got is that when I was watching Infinity War, the sort of kind of epic like orchestral strings they had when Thanos was like telling his story at the, at the start actually really affected me. So I think that that is one of my one of my choices.
3: How about you, Seb? Are we all musical Philistines, basically, on this podcast and we just have to I mean I
2: can I can hear Amon like (laughs) grinding his teeth from here.
4: No, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not Ammon, but I'm not James either. Um, I, I like a good score. I notice a good score. I don't obsessively know about the scores of every film that I watch. I don't notice the scores necessarily of every film I watch. Um, but you know, I, I know the ones I like. I know the themes that I like. Uh, I, I nominated Batman Forever in this category because I actually like the. I think, I think it's actually quite impressive that um there there is a second. Batman movie theme after the Danny Elfman one uh, that's actually quite memorable uh, the Batman the, the the theme that's used for Batman in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin is is mm. itself quite memorable, I mean it's quite corny, the whole score for that film is quite corny but it works and it suits the film, but there is a better Batman score in this category and I do, I mm. mean I liked, I, 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 I wouldn't have said Winter, as a Marvel one I wouldn't have said Winter Soldier ahead of Infinity War I think Infinity War Well they're both, it, they're both Good They're both in their Seb, so Yeah, but for me it's it's hard to look past the Dark Knight for me. The Hans Zimmer score for the Dark Knight. You know, <laughs> that the, the pounding um driving sense of urgency in that, particularly with stuff like the, the the car chase sequence. Um yeah, I think is really I actually think Dark Knight rises. Is a better score? Oh uh, no but, no you know, no no! We'll all the sh- like that <laughs> that, all
3: of that chanting can fuck right off.
4: <laughs> uh, no, but like the, the, I mean, like the 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 rise theme at the at the very end that is phenomenal. That's one of my yeah. favorite things in favorite bits of music well, in any superhero. That's
3: book. what I was going to say about the Dark Knight, though. My I, when I think of the Dark Knight, what I think of is, aside from Heath Ledger, is that scene at the end when. Batman is, you know, well when Gary Oldman is narrating and saying, you know, he's not the hero that, mm. and and I and I hear Hans Zimmer's score. Yeah. So that's that's for me. I think the uh, the Dark Knight for me is the best Zimmer Batman score. Um Infinity War is not the best Sylvester Avenger score. Um did, did Incredibles that... 2 is in here because Michael Giacchino, and I've, you know, I've got to shout out my boy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> did black um, panther get on the short list
3: yes so black panther is the other one in there and okay. that's for me that is the main contender for the dark yeah
2: Knight. i think i would definitely support that because the music of that film is such a huge part of it
3: and it's that that's ludwig goransson i think yeah yeah um yeah totally um i mean music plays a big part in black panther um and yeah, I I again that's one of those things that when I think of the movie. And again
2: I, when I hear yeah, the music. when um, when they go to Wakanda in Infinity War and the music strikes. Yes. Up, you know, you're instantly transported there.
3: Yeah. And w- without really without really a recognizable theme just
2: yeah, just the instruments
3: and yeah. the rhythm of it. Um I'm I'm really torn between those two. Seb, are you, are you would lean in the direction of the Dark Knight, I assume.
4: Yeah, I mean, I uh, without disagreeing with anything you say about Black Panther, and I I think you're right in terms of how how integral it is to the film and to the feel of the film. I personally still prefer that Dark Knight score and and I think as well it's just to say it's it's kind of got a bit of a a place in history which it which to be fair I think the Black Panther score probably will in in years to come as well. So I would if James is pushing for Black Panther I would push for Dark Knight with the argument that James doesn't care about film scores so mine should have a little bit more weight.
0: <laughs> <and then laughs> my we leave my that argument would be, to you
2: <laughs> My argument would be is if I've seen The Dark Knight and can't remember the score, and I've seen Black Panther and can remember the score, then Black Panther must be better.
4: <laughs> yeah, but you generally don't remember scores, so you, you know. Yeah, I only remember the good scores. Well, I think we've already proven that's not the case, because you don't remember The Dark Knight score. So.
3: <laughs> yeah, I would say, given that that's the reasoning behind it, James, <laughs> I think we have to lean in Seb's direction and award the wins to The Dark Knight for best score. <laughs> are you Are you willing to accept that? yeah okay so (laughs) just
2: because i don't care about scores
3: (laughs) (laughs) so the dark knight wins for best score hey good start for the dark knight um previous winners of that award by the way were uh, thor ragnarok and the flash tv show um
2: (laughs) the flash tv show jesus christ
3: oh james
2: what were we smoking that year
3: i think again seven i really like the theme music and Mm. you you didn't care
4: it was back when i still watched the show and it and the, the theme music made me feel good (laughs) (laughs)
3: okay um let's flip over to to one of our most fun categories uh usually we split out our worst film into two categories we have we have a genuine bad film and then we have another which is like best bad movie which we will get to later we'll start off with the flat out worst film that we have covered on the podcast this year (laughs) and as we mentioned earlier some strong competition uh, previous winners of this award: The Amazing Spider-Man Two, Man of Steel, and Fantastic Four. S- <laughs> still think, still think, Man of Steel stands out there, guys. But
4: yep, as the worst one. Uh,
3: <laughs> uh, whoa, the, worse than The Amazing Spider-Man Two? No,
4: The uh, Amazing Spider-Man Two is is the worst film we've ever covered on this podcast, and that <laughs> is true even after the Annihilation of 2018.
3: Well, yes. let's go through the nominees. We nominated X Men: The Last Stand, Batman Forever, Spawn. Green Lantern, and Generation X. Now, I would I would argue, you guys, that these nominations fall into two categories. There is the bad films and the, oh my God, historically, these are assault, cancer on the eyes kind of movies. Um,
4: can, we, can we immediately take Batman Forever out of the equation? Because there is, there is yeah, not, that's no what I mean. way that that is worse than any of the other four there.
3: No, yeah, I would agree. I think it's it's the one that has snuck in. Um,
2: I think we should also cut Generation X because that is just a TV pilot. Like, oh. It didn't have budget. It didn't have. I mean,
4: it's bad, you know, but yeah, th- I think. I, it was aiming low. It's it. closer to succeeding at what it sets out to do, yeah, probably. Which is to be it, a it, it's kind like of like Big Fury TV show in show that, that sense.
0: didn't happen, yeah. yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's still it's, I mean, really dreadful. bad. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, but did it have as much money spent on it as, for example, Spawn? <laughs>
4: Or Green Lantern.
2: <laughs> or Green Lantern, yeah.
3: So that well, I, it feels like I'm fighting a losing battle trying to get Generation X included. So I, I mean, I, I normally, I sort
4: that. I, I, I think it is, it is. It is. one of the five worst things we covered this year, no question. But I, it doesn't deserve to be called the worst compared with the bigger failures in the list.
3: Okay, Green Lantern versus Spawn. Go, guys. Hang on. What,
4: hang on. What was the? Uh, X Men. X- oh, X- X- like, X- the Last X- Stand. is also X Men: X- The, the there. Last
3: Stand. That's in there, is it? It is in there, yeah. I just... Well, I I, I know it's bad. I don't think it is.
2: I don't think it's Spawn bad and it's probably not Green Lantern bad either, so...
4: Yeah. So it is, yeah. Spawn v Green Lantern. And V for Vendetta, I presume, didn't make it.
3: Just missed out. Um, <laughs> it's just got to be
2: Spawn, right?
3: Yeah, can we stop um, this argument? It is Spawn. Spawn is so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. It is,
4: it is Spawn. It, the th- I mean, Green Lantern is boring... And just well, I mean, I mean, boring is the only word. I, I don't, I don't think there are any other technical levels on which Green Lantern fails. It's just that it's so boring, with no characterization and nothing interesting happens. And it's got some quite nice effects and some boring effects that are still technically okay. It's not a film I ever want to watch again. But Spawn is just, it's just. Bad at everything it's doing. It is, <laughs> isn't it? Well, just, you know, you know from the opening titles, which we which we said at the time that that look like they come on a CD ROM <laughs> in about nineteen ninety
2: five. I mean, that's how I first watched Born. So, <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> can you imagine? Though I I reckon you could remove John Leguizamo from this movie, remove that character entirely place him in any other one of these nominees and spawn would still be the worst movie
4: <laughs> it'd be close it, it would make it a closer run thing but yeah that's probably still true and that, the point is i think i i remember it's something i've remembered for years that people talk about with spawn is that it's a bad film and john leguizamo's character is especially awful but you're right he's not the only bad thing about it everything else about it is bad as well so, so what
3: i would like to pause to say here given that we are going to be calling this out as uh, you know on un- unholy levels of awful um i think michael J. white's pretty good in it or at least he's fu- <laughs> at least he's okay he's not the problem do you know what i mean i yeah, don't yeah. i don't i don't want this to like to impugn him because you know, I think he probably gives a better performance in this than Ryan Reynolds gives in Green Lantern because Ryan Reynolds in Green Lantern is basically asked to, to deliver the anti Ryan Reynolds performance.
4: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, let's get Ryan Reynolds and, and strip him of everything that makes him remotely yeah. interesting.
3: <laughs> so it's not Michael Try White's fault, it's just that pretty much everything else about the movie is bad. I think what, James what I also
4: find James is. would
3: probably yeah. argue that the costume is also pretty good, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> because if only because right that is a, a very faithful version of the spawn costume and we may have that argument later i don't know what the nominations ended up as
3: <laughs> uh i don't think we will
0: I, can't... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so
2: I, I did nominate it for best costume because it's basically
4: an of, authentic
2: yeah. and realistic version of the spawn costume like i don't uh, imagine... realistic
4: the cape I mean, the comics. Well, no, that's the whole
2: realistic. point, though. <laughs> the, the the cape in in the comic is completely nuts, as well, right? Yeah. Like that's that, why was a that was that was the, s- the word realistic. Okay, uh, faithful. Then let's just stick with faithful. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> um. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that Spawn was the worst movie we covered on the podcast this year. Hey, we're what, putting what, together what? quite a uh, quite a marathon there. If someone ever wanted to sit down and watch the Amazing Spider-Man, Two Man of Steel, Fantastic Four, and Spawn. In a row, (laughs) God. I I could, Um, I could do it for charity next
4: year. (laughs) I I will be interested to see though if this because this is the first film we've done. I think from the batch of dreadful 1997 films, Mm. you know, we've still got to cover Steel, Batman (laughs) and Robin, and the Justice League International pilot, and not it's not called Justice uh, Justice League International. I think it's just called Justice League. Anyway, Justice League '97, and. I'd be interested to see if Spawn turns out to be the worst of those. I think it might. I think Spawn... the only real contender is Steel. Spawn um... does
2: look like it was made in someone's garage, like yeah. with someone who had pirated a copy of After Effects or whatever it was in in the late nineties. Like it, yeah. it's not. It's not competent. No.
3: I just any. any... Again, going from like kind of what is the what is the enduring image that you have of a movie? <laughs> and for
4: me, it is that opening title sequence. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, completely. It's it's the flames. It's just that that's the picture I get in my head when I think the, of that. The dripping <laughs> protoplasm <laughs>
0: titles. Yeah, who
3: who who dropped acid and watched Microsoft Win- oh, Windows ninety five screensavers? Because that's. <laughs> That's what we've ended up with here. Mm. So, uh, Spawn is um, our worst movie of 2018. Uh, we'll move on now to a category that um, I think we're mostly going to have to hand over the reins to uh, James on. And it probably Finally. won't take him too long to talk through this. Um, best TV show is something that we <laughs> oh. we used to be able to talk with a, with a bit more authority on the podcast. Because <laughs> there, there weren't as many superhero TV shows. Um, and we could basically, between us at least, stay on top of most, if not all of them. Um, that's no longer the case. <laughs> There's so many. And um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think I watched Daredevil this year. I think that might be it. I'm, I'm behind on almost everything.
4: I I only had two nominations, which were um, the Tick and Riverdale, because they're the two that I've yeah. watched.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, so I've just added in all the all the ones that basically we watched cumulatively. So the Tick, Riverdale, Sabrina, Daredevil, Iron Fist, and Jessica Jones. And James, I, would I be right in thinking that I know you haven't seen the tick, and it was kind of just the it was only the second
4: half of the season, wasn't it? Seb? that it, it was the second half of the season was at the start of this year, and I mean, being honest, I really liked, still really liked the second half of of the season, but it wasn't as good as the first half of the season. Mm. Yeah, um, so I, I, would I wouldn't agree push that. for that as much as I would push for Riverdale based on season three, not on season two.
3: Well, so, unfortunately, I'm though, said both of those...
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: I was going to say, based,
2: based on the fact that Riverdale Season 2 happened this year, because Season 3 has been mostly enjoyable again.
4: Mm. Season
2: 2 was a real slog, and I dropped off it for a while. But
4: yeah, Sabrina
2: <laughs> Sabrina has been absolutely stunning. Like, so smart and funny and aesthetically coherent. And it's actually got things to say. It is, if it keeps on trending as it does it will has the it has the potential to be as good as Buffy and I don't say that lightly because nothing is as good as Buffy
3: so I've I've I only watched
2: loved every episode of that and I would re-watch it happily
3: I've only watched one episode of Sabrina uh still which was the pilot episode obviously um the only thing I'd quibble with there James is uh, visually coherent <laughs> Just, I just, you, got,
2: you got very hung up on the fact that they did that like vaseline filter on some scenes for no reason yes but uh, I, just, I, it's just setting tone it's just about the feel of it it's not not any you know narrative reason but that that doesn't seem to
3: strike that doesn't strike me as visually coherent no you know aesthetically I
2: mean? <laughs> coherent i'm talking about everything music sound costumes locations
3: Okay. Uh, I mean, I I can't argue with you too much because I've only seen the one episode. But yeah, I I did get, I I don't know. I just got a bit of a feel of like, you're just being weird for being weird. Um, And it it took me out of it personally, the the filmmaking choices. Um,
2: I think, to be honest, I think you need to keep watching because the first two episodes are sort of okay, like good, good, okay. And then... There's the Thanksgiving episode, by the time you get to it, there is a scene in that that had me so, like, absolutely gripped. And then everything from that point on is just brilliant.
3: Yeah, to be fair, I think it is a show that I will give another shot.
2: Yeah, you definitely should. I think yeah. there is no question that even though I love Daredevil Season 3, like, it still it had the usual Netflix problems of being sort of too violent and too slow and you know spent a lot of time on trying to make believable versions of characters who are inherently unbelievable for example bullseye um <laughs> and you know i love charlie cox and i love vincent D'Onofrio and i love those characters and i'm very sad we're not going to get more daredevil but well we've given the choice of we think
3: we're not going to get any more daredevil
2: i definitely think that
0: but, uh, Someone at Disney's
2: choice, not so sure. Given the choice of Daredevil season four and Sabrina season two, I wouldn't even hesitate
4: to give it to Sabrina. Can I? Can I throw a curveball in? No. Even though it's not something nominated. <laughs> what is there a possible argument for counting Killing Eve as a superhero show?
2: No. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Well,
4: a super a super villain show. She's a super villain.
2: It's not a super villain. She's a non-super villain
4: pretty sure she's a supervillain. She's
2: a villain. <laughs> villain now.
4: Um yeah, yeah I'm right. going to uh, well also. I mean, cuz my favorite things on TV this year have been Killing Eve and also something that there was discussion about us actually doing a bonus episode on because I think it is thematically relevant but we didn't get around to it, which is Glow. Um I mean, I I I know a lot of people who are into both superheroes and wrestling and that would be the link for me. I'm actually not into wrestling, but I did really like Glow. Um, but we didn't cover it, so I can't try and shoehorn that in either. But no, I but think... Killing Eve was the best thing that's been on TV this year. That's unquestionable. I
2: did, I, yeah. To be fair, I loved Killing Eve, but
3: yeah. but it does not it's fit not... the parameters <laughs> yeah, of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, Seb, that's that's where it has to stay. So the the winner of best <laughs> TV show for 2018 is on James's word, Sabrina. Okay, let's move back to the movies, um, and for our next category, we are going to go with best screenplay. Um, this is um, an award that was previously won by Iron Man 3, Ghost World, and Kick-Ass. So um, I think we, we've we been slaves to dialogue in the past, perhaps, because mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, those I are three very yeah, fun, it's... quippy movies.
4: I don't think this year is as strong in terms of films that I... I feel like my nominations for best screenplay mostly just lined up with my nominations for best film.
2: Yeah, no, I thought that as well. It was kind of hard to to pick out a great script as opposed to a great movie. <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, well, uh, get ready for me to argue a lot with you then. <laughs> um, three movies that just missed out here: um, Men in Black, Incredibles two, and Doctor Horrible Sing Along Blog. Uh, making the shortlist for best screenplay are Avengers Infinity War, The Dark Knight. The Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and Into the Spider-Verse. Now, we, go on.
2: <laughs> uh, can we strike Winter Soldier immediately for its absolutely terrible like ending? Which is that the villain's plan is let's shoot everyone with uh, really good guns. And the, the final sequence, instead of being about Steve saving Buffy, uh, Bucky, is about Steve plugging some chips into some things.
3: It's not. It's not,
2: though, James. It is. It it's is not. Like I know, was, I wasn't on the episode, but it is. The
3: final sequence is about Stephen Bucky.
2: No, no, no. Uh,
0: mm. Also,
4: also, Winter Soldier contains. Before we start, does anybody want to get out? <laughs> yeah. I'm not
2: saying Winter Soldier doesn't have some great action scenes. I just think it's got no, nothing. That, that was a line
4: I was talking about. Yeah,
2: but it, it's yeah. got nothing to it beyond, you know, some very competent superheroics
4: okay i would disagree with that i'm really glad you weren't on that episode.
2: (laughs) (laughs) i famously did not like that film as much as most people
3: well i didn't Um, like it as much as the other two people on the podcast but i still would very very strongly disagree with you there um i so here's what here's the case i'm gonna make against you guys saying that it's not a particularly strong year for this category um I think if you look at our previous uh, awards that we've handed out, Iron Man Three, Ghost World, and Kick Ass are all very like quotable movies. Um, I, I mean, I mean, I have problems with. I have problems with Iron Man Three, despite the fact that it has some incredible dialogue in terms of the screenplay. I mean, and that twist in the middle is just fantastic. Fantastic. But my my you know my quibble there was would be you can see the joins between the film it was and the film Mm -hmm. it became. Um and so this year I think actually when I look at the two movies that for me stand out here, which are Black Panther and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I think those are two incredibly tight screenplays that you know barely have an ounce of fat on them in terms of storytelling. I think um, both of them are really strong thematically, um, and in there, I, I I still think there is some strong dialogue. I, I still think there is, you know, there's there's humour in both of them, and and you know that char- character so. isn't just crafted by actors. Character is crafted by s- scripts as well, and I think the script. I honestly, I think the screenplay for Into the Spider Verse is one of the the most impressive things that I. Uh, just the fact that it does those two separate stories at the same time and nails them both so well, and has all of these character arcs coexisting at the same time, I, I honestly I think it's a work oh, of no, art. Yeah, and and it, um, actually, I would say that Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse has a better screenplay than any of our previous winners. I, I
2: wouldn't
0: think, go that far because mm, Ghost World. <laughs> um,
3: I was going to say I but,
2: think I think I can agree that it's the best of this year. D- yeah, with I, the possible I, I, exception I, of Black Panther. Maybe the Dark Knight, but I don't love that as much as most people like. My
3: problem with the I can't award the Dark Knight because, as I said in that episode, I can't get on board with the boat sequence at the end, and that yeah. is the that is the thing that the movie tries to tries to hang its entire thematic yeah, argument yeah, on, and for me it fails. And the same for Infinity War. Whilst I really like Infinity War for what it does. It is. It is a collection of things happening, right? and and that's that's all it sets out to be, which is event, 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 yeah, event. Like, in Whereas are, character it, in just gets lost. Like, in there.
2: let's let's make a two and a half hour action movie that just keeps going and getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's not it's not concerned about exploring theme or character, which a lot of people.
3: Be- Beyond a couple of characters. Like yeah, I mean, but couple, it sort of but...
2: it confused a lot of people because they were going like, what the hell is this film? And you were like, what it is, is a two and a half hour orgasm.
4: <laughs> I... Yes, quite. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, th- I, think, I think I was willing to... I, I, think, I think I put Infinity War forwards because of the impressive achievement of such an unconventionally structured yeah. story... In, at least in filmic terms, actually actually coming off successfully as a film. So that that was why it would be in there. Yeah, and, I agree. I mean, but
2: also it, I think that's, that mostly happened, you know, as a result of the editing of what they shot yeah. rather than as what they yeah, scripted. It could
4: well be, yeah. And I think... Um, uh, just coming back to something you were saying before, Joe, I, I, it's not that I don't think these films have had like good dialogue and good character, it's just that I don't think any of them are defined by that in the way that something like Ghost World or, or Iron Man 3 um, is. And obviously with Kick-Ass it was the case. So I think the argument there was, here is a script that improves on the source material of the comic. <laughs> so that, so it, that's why in those senses those screenplays stood out. I think with something like Into the Spider-Verse, the screenplay is one of... Many things that are all working together brilliantly. You know, the the animation is as much what makes that film brilliant as the screenplay. That said, I completely dis I, uh, I completely agree. Uh, sorry, I'm so used to saying I disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I completely agree that it is the strongest screenplay out of those. There is there is so much to get out of it. it. It it I mean I know it's only recently we talked about it, and I think we're going to be talking about it again later, but it nails it thematically it gets it says something and it gets what it's saying so right and gets it across brilliantly and it's funny and it's clever and it makes sense and it has versions of characters who are better written in some instances than they have been in the comics so yeah it's a clear winner
2: well uh, can we can we at least discuss Black Panther
3: yeah I mean like I say that's that's the other one that really stands out for me I I think it into the Spider Verse is slightly ahead for me, but I think the Black Panther screenplay is it's it's phenomenal because that that whole movie is it is deeply invested in its themes. Those themes are woven throughout the entire film. The characters, the fact that you you walk away from that movie invested in you know like whereas before you might have been invested in. T'Challa you walk out of that movie going I want to see more of that person and that person and that person because they all got character arcs and they all and they all felt kind of real within this world of Wakanda which is something again that the film crafts from the screenplay up
2: and I mean we've we've already talked as well about Killmonger's speech at the end like, mm. I I think slipping that into <laughs> yeah. into a, a like a mass market action movie is just an incredibly smart thing to do,
3: and how that ties back to everything. Yeah, that yeah. And the, it's not like the film climbing. has been it's doing like throughout. It's,
2: it's the climax of everything that he's been talking about the entire film. Like it's about you know colonialism and and the you know history of racial oppression and stuff. And it's all it's all in there. And then at the end, he basically looks at the screen and says it out loud. And you're like, this is audacious stuff.
3: Because for me, the only thing that lets down Black Panther. Mm-hmm is its action scene
0: Mm. well
3: I say scenes but particularly the final action sequence the final fight between those two um and that's something that you know I blame the previous department for more than anyone else (laughs) do you see that do you see that piece of news last week that apparently um Lucretia Martel the director was offered Black Widow by Marvel to direct Black, Black Widow And she gave an interview and said she turned it down because they said they would do the action scenes for her, and she was Mm -hmm. like, "But you want me to direct a movie?" And and the case is probably if you're a Marvel director signing on to do a project like that, it's not a case of can I can can I still do the action? No, you can't because we've been doing it for the past two years.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Takeaway TT had the same problem as. She did put it that
3: well, way. Well, yeah, I think he was probably like, "Yes, please do that for me." I have zero interest. Yeah, let exactly. me let me go off and make my comedy. Um, yeah, I think it's a lot closer, but I would I would still lean towards Into the Spider Verse. Um, I, I
4: think with with Black Panther, and something you touched on before is it's it possibly achieves more in the way of world building in a in a single script than in a single film than most of what we. Even, even like the Thor films, which build, you know, an entire fantasy world, I think just the there's a real robustness to uh, the world and the setting and the and the people and the history that is that is set up about Wakanda in, in that one film is is really impressive. But... And without
3: leaning on anything that was established before it, it kind of mm-hmm. feels like it exists entirely on its own.
4: Yeah, and it and it and it you know it goes to show that we talked about it on the Infinity War episode, but the feeling you get when they go to Wakanda in Infinity War, you feel like we've known Wakanda for years. We only saw it for the first time a few months previously, or what about two months previously? Yeah, um, that's that is really impressive, and it and yeah, it's it's a strong contender, but it is still Spider Verse for me.
3: <laughs> James, are you are, are you willing to sign off on Spider Verse?
2: I guess, Be- the th- well, the thing about Spider-Verse is that it's so, the the ideas it's trying to get across are so complicated, and yet it still somehow manages to do that. Because, like, it's not, you know, it's not your classic Spider-Man story, it's like alternate realities and different versions and, you know, these interwoven destinies and stuff, and it's, it's really, it's really sort of sci-fi literate without being, you know, too sci-fi literate if you get what i mean like it it doesn't leave anyone behind in its explanations and it's not clunky yeah so you know i i can see i can see the argument that it's a fantastic screenplay and i think with the caveat that i think black panther is probably saying something more important and loftier i think on a pure technical level spider-verse gets it
3: I mean, to be honest, I I wouldn't be upset if either of those was nominated at the Oscars this year. Um, I think they'll probably both be in contention for Oscars, um, and yeah, who knows whether whether either of them can whittle their way into adapted screenplay. But most, I don't I don't think either screenplay. would be undeserving. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so our best screenplay award this year goes to Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Um, let's go back to one of our our kind of uh specific to this podcast award categories um and we are going to argue about best hero now um anyone that's been paying attention to our twitter feed will see there was some confusion between james and i about Spider-Man being nominated. James failing to grasp that not only had we just had a Spider-Man movie with so many Spider-Man movies, this year we had also covered um, a movie (laughs) that included Tom Holland's Peter Parker and a movie that included uh, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker. So when when James nominated Spider-Man, I was very, very confused.
2: (laughs) I take issue with failing to grasp because my point is, right, Spider-Man is the best hero We've had eight different versions of Spider Man this year, and they were all great. <laughs> That's what makes him the greatest hero. Like, do we need to go specific?
3: Well, I mean, we have. Well, you were saying, I mean, but, but you
4: were saying if not just say, true okay. that you could say every year that Spider Man is the best hero. And you yeah, were yeah, saying he's yeah. and be Parker. based on the films themselves. If you say
2: Batman is the best hero, like, is that because he works in the context of Forever and <laughs> the Dark Knight?
4: No, I mean, I I didn't nominate Batman for Best Hero this year because we did The Dark Knight and Batman Forever. (laughs) He's not the best hero (laughs) based on either of those.
3: (laughs) Let's let's get... Well, I mean, this category, by the way, has previously been won by uh, Wonder Woman, by Tobey Maguire's (laughs) Spider-Man, and by Christopher Reeve's Superman. Those are the previous winners. Uh, Nominated this year are Thor, Spider-Gwen, there's no Spider Man. There's no Peter Parker. There's no Miles
2: Morales.
4: Why did you make me? Oh, Jesus Christ. That's because, James, you picked the wrong one when you yeah. asked which one you meant. You didn't pick Miles and we had nominated Miles. Yes. <laughs> if you
3: had picked Miles, Miles would have been in there. So, nominees are Thor, Spider Gwen, Iron Man. You're going to have to talk through that, guys. Black Panther <laughs> and Captain America. So, first of all, yeah, defend your hero. Why is, I that, I, why I is I Iron Man? In here? Iron
4: Man, because I'm someone who, in the year we did Civil War, nominated Iron Man for best villain. So I think it's worth <laughs> explaining why I've nominated Iron Man for best hero here, and it's the fact that he's practically the main hero of Infinity War and fails. Well, no, he doesn't, because <laughs> the story's only halfway through.
3: Well, I, I mean, t- to be honest, if there's one, if there's one hero in Infinity War who keeps things rolling. It's Thor. No, that's you, that's your boy Stephen Strange who puts us, puts us into
4: the end game. Um, there so is th- only there is only one human, right? You know, of all of the of the Marvel heroes, th- I can't believe this. This is the most I've ever been positive about Tony Stark. Um, <laughs> there is only one human who Thanos has afforded that much respect to. Oh, I did like lo- Tony
3: Stark. I did, I did like that. I did, yeah, but he didn't meet he didn't meet. I, be, I, I mean, feel he, had, like,
4: he hadn't met Steve Rogers at that point. Yeah, but, I feel
3: like you'd know. have gone, ah, oh, Steve Rogers, <laughs> your reputation precedes you. But yeah, I, I don't know.
4: I, I can't sign off on... I'm not saying I want him to win. I'm saying that's why I nominated him, <laughs> usually when I would not usually nominate Iron Man for Best Hero. The Infinity War was is absolutely Iron Man at his most self-sacrificing and heroic, completely.
3: Uh, what about the end of The Avengers? Avengers, yeah.
4: Mm, yeah, maybe.
3: Okay, I'm not, I, I cannot allow Iron Man to win this category
4: this year. I'm not year. saying I want him to win. You asked to justify nominating him. I think he's a good nominee for that reason. He won okay. me round. I mean, I
2: did nominate him, so I, I agree with Seb. But... Uh,
3: this is why Seb was saying five minutes ago, he's so used to saying I disagree. Because <laughs> 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 we just like to argue. Um, so the other nominees were Thor. Um, again, I kind of want to say no, because...
4: He kind he, he, he kind of could have done it right at the end of. That, Shown, I was show about me. to
2: say right if he had aimed for the head, we wouldn't be having this discussion.
4: Show me a, show me a better hero moment than when he turns up on the battlefield in Wakanda though, because that is that is that is that is an everything you want from superhero cinema moment when he turns up there.
2: That's fair, but also we covered the Dark World this year, which yes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's my problem. And I mean, Th- look, again, Thor, Thor, for like... Thor in Thor The Dark didn't World is him. the
4: worst version of Thor. <laughs> Which is why I didn't nominate him. For this yeah. Year. <laughs> and so... because he didn't name for the head.
3: <laughs> okay, so the, the other three nominees that we've got are Spider-Gwen, Black Panther, and Captain America. So let me make a case for Captain America, who, yes, is in Infinity War and they lose, but is in Infinity War... With that beard, so points there, and is also in Captain America: The Winter Soldier, which um, I think is one of the most interesting depictions of a of a superhero that we've had, because yeah, of just yeah. Uh, the the kind of the <laughs> the complex emotional journey that that character has to go through in that movie, um, and I mean, your boy takes down Hydra, which is something that for. 70 years the marvel cinematic universe had, collectively had failed to do and there's you know steve rogers does it doesn't he does he A- andy does it whilst whilst saving his buddy in the process
2: i mean the thing about hydra right
3: <laughs> Is the they thing. sort
2: of took themselves down <laughs> with their incredibly bad plan <laughs>
3: No, listen, James. And you are like you were hiding just,
2: for 70 years and then exposing themselves at the last second.
3: You were just telling me not 10 minutes ago on this podcast about Steve putting in those USB drives.
2: And he puts them in. <laughs> you can't deny he puts he does them in. He
4: successfully put every one of those USB drives Extremely in. Extremely
2: heroic USB insertion, yes.
4: <laughs> I think that's something that we can all identify with, James. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing like when you get it the right way up first time. Yeah. <laughs> um no i, I I'm, I'm i think I'm, to be I'm,
2: fair right the the thing you about know what captain if he
3: america... did, I'm, i just have to say if he'd have done it with vga cables i would have been yes. particularly <laughs> impressed
4: <laughs> if he's got to stand there screwing in screws, yeah <laughs> <laughs> while bookie's pounding his head in <laughs> uh,
3: something that anyone who's ever tried to put a powerpoint presentation on at work will understand <laughs>
2: <I> mean, <laughs> um the, okay yeah, the thing about captain america right is that in that film, he I think he is the best version of the Captain America who you would follow anywhere. Like the his moral core in The Winter Soldier is like smack bang where it should be.
3: Because yeah. and, and and this is one of the few occasions I will argue ahead of the first Avenger. In the first Avenger, he is that pure hero. But yeah, what's he's right? He's
2: just fighting and, Nazis, like, yeah. And what's yeah. right and what's wrong <laughs> it's is not
3: so toxic. clear to him. He has to make the decision in the middle of that movie to do what is right, in spite of kind of who he is allied to. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's and you know him trying to figure out that world. I I find fascinating throughout that movie. I think they set it up really well in the first Avengers movie um and and follow it through to its natural conclusion in that movie um yeah so uh, uh, that's that's i think the case for captain america but we also have black panther and spider gwen here james you loved spider gwen would you would you make a case for her
2: uh no i just really i i love her and i put her on the list to pan out but i i don't think she's better than <laughs> than captain america or black panther yeah no i do not i don't think so
3: I think she's great. I just don't think she gets enough screen time.
2: Yeah, I think she'll I, be even, like... even more great when she's in her own movie.
3: Yes, that's I it. Like we...
2: I like.
3: I love the. Ca- I love the character, but she doesn't really get like those iconic hero moments.
2: No,
4: which I, I like I'm sure she, she will do eventually. Kind of, uh, fully formed and competent and interesting and cool, but yeah, there's there's not. A... It's a similar reason to James. Like she she was on the list to to be on the list, but I don't think. I it it is Captain America for me because because Winter Soldier is the film that the film that made me love Captain America and that version of Steve Rogers as a character. I liked the first Avenger, but Winter Soldier was the one where I, I wrote an article after seeing it about how this character and this character's morality and his approach is is what i like to see in superheroes and how he was essentially a better version of superman than anything we'd had on screen in in a superman film since the 1980s so um and i think i think you can make a you can make a good argument for black panther but i think the issue with black panther is
2: He's not the most interesting thing in his own. Well, film. yeah,
4: yeah, he gets overshadowed by his villain, and I don't. <laughs> and think... a lot
2: of disappointing cast.
4: Yeah, um, Black Panther was at his best in Civil War. To be honest, um, it's not that, and it's not that the film didn't deliver on that promise because it did, but it just it didn't feel the need to do it with that character as much. It it, it expanded the potential of the world and the characters around him instead. I think Civil War said. All that we needed to see said about the character of Black Panther himself.
3: I mean, I I I do disagree on that, but not kind of not enough that I want to argue Black Panther over Captain America here. I think as well for me, um, even when I when I'm looking at just Infinity War, um, that scene when you see Captain America revealed on the train platform in in Edinburgh is that is like one of the that's one of those moments where and that and the the avengers theme starts playing and it's one of those moments where i'm just like oh my god yes he's here um and we don't get a lot of cap in that movie but when we do i mean the line at the end of just summing up the you know the devastation for everyone involved is is perfect and and he's that he kind of He's the hero that you want to speak in that moment. He's the only one it you was... feel who is capable of summing that up for you.
4: I I talked before about, you know, the hero moment the hero moment of when Thor arrives in, in Infinity War and it and it's the line I tweeted earlier in the year um when I was re-watching it about how Infinity War is a film about how great it is when people you like arrive. Because it is just a succession <laughs> of moments of, oh wow, that person I like has turned up. But of all of them, the best one is when Steve Rogers turns up. That that is the most comforting and heart soaring <laughs> moment in that film mm. is when steve rogers steps out of the shadows there it's just yeah because you you know everything will eventually be all right when steve rogers is there even if it will be bad for a while it's eventually going to be all right
3: and whilst i feel like that you know we could very easily be in this situation arguing for captain america at this point next year um he hasn't won it before Mm. and oh. he's great and and can
4: i add one final point to why he should win it this year go on for chris evans on twitter this <laughs> year
3: <laughs> yeah he has been the hero we needed both on yeah. and off the screen okay should we sign off um captain america the best best hero of 2018
2: yep
0: yeah
3: I mean that's impressive because last year he almost won Best Villain. So to do
4: that, to do that flip—no, he was 12... never in danger of winning Best. I would have quit the podcast before you gave him that.
2: Why do you say that now, Jesus? <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, so Captain America, Best Hero of 2018. Um, let's go down to a category which. Um, I was unable to narrow us down to just the five nominees um, because it just got so complicated. So we've got six nominees in this category. Uh, The category is Best Costume. Uh, Previous winners, last year it was Hella. Uh, two years ago, it was Deadpool, and three years ago, it was uh, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man costume that, in the past month or so, has got a lot of nerds on the internet very annoyed um, because they <laughs> couldn't get it in their video game fast enough, and now it's here. Yeah,
2: now it's in there, and so they can all stop crying.
3: Well, or, or feel validated and go out and harass people all, all over yeah. again next time they fancy it. Um, hey, anyway, best costume this year... Um, just missing out here were the other nominees spawn uh agents j and k from men in black which uh, i was tempted to go with you and vote on that uh (laughs) uh james but at the end of the day it's just a black suit (laughs) that's
2: okay i just want to say that's the genius of it is that it's just a black suit and yet when someone turns up like that you're like oh it's the men in black
3: sometimes though james you've got it's to think of the point. content and the, the the content if we'd have been like oh yeah and don't you love his his tie it's that's black and his <laughs> and his glasses they're black as I mean, well i think
4: it's a good point it, it, <laughs> it's it very a... <laughs> much established now that i think about it i mean it really established a, a cultural meme didn't it? i mean i don't, well, I don't know was was the, the g men in suits was it a thing before men in black
2: oh no yeah men in black have has been like a thing since like god knows when the 50s oh, right. maybe well it, well,
4: it, well. if it's not their idea then sod it you know? <laughs> okay <laughs>
2: execution that i like anyway
3: let's let's carry on uh black panther didn't quite make the list captain hammer missed out captain america oh. missed out and killmonger which is the one that i was that i was most upset about missing out he was um, just,
2: what he was just black panther with gold
3: no that that costume at the end was would, wouldn't would not have been the killmonger costume i, I would be talking about <laughs> The hair, the body,
2: like the '90s chic one.
3: <laughs> the, oh, I mean, I love his costume when he's in your museum, um, <laughs> and um, I love, I love it. Um, I, I, I just love it when he turns up at, in Wakanda in that kind of like semi-military gear with the hair and with, the, and yeah, the 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 body scarring. I think it's all amazing, but it didn't make the list. And let's not talk about any more because. We barely fit them in as it as it was. So the actual nominees for Best Costume are Cable from Deadpool 2, The Winter Soldier from Captain America and the Winter Soldier, The Rocketeer from The Rocketeer, The Joker from The Dark Knight, The Wasp from Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Miles Morales, Spider-Man from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Guys, anyone stand out there as you really think should be there or really think shouldn't be there? Because there's one that I don't really like.
2: You don't like the Wasp, do you?
4: new I'm actually I'm, I'm looking at the fact that I nominated it and I don't remember nominating it it's, it's on my list so I must have done but um <laughs> I just it must have been the fifth out of the ones I thought of.
3: I like lo- you know I like the luck of Evangeline Lilly in that suit in the movie and I think it I looks mean that's great. not the same thing is it <laughs> I think it looks great when she is in when she's in action having fight scenes I just think any time that the two of them are stood next to each other and you see their costumes for a movie that I think does a lot better than most superhero movies by its female characters you know not least by the virtue of having the wasp in the title you know why is Ant-Man's kind of leathery and baggy everywhere but Evangeline Lilly's cups tight to her body cups tight to her crotch has little breastplates on it it just I don't know the, the inequity in their two costumes and it feels harsh because this is a super a female superhero costume that actually covers up her entire body but still you compare it to the bloke stood next to her and it doesn't seem right that we are objectifying one one character more than the other based purely on gender because I I want to objectify all of my superheroes <laughs> and often do. <laughs> so-
2: yeah so we have to cut a lot of it out as I recall.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um I mean, I, which is why I wanted to nominate Michael B. Jordan, but we, we didn't get there. So yeah, that's that's my problem with the Wasp costume, but it sounds like neither of you are particularly passionate about that either. Is there anything else that you don't really like in this list?
4: Remind me of them again. <laughs> uh,
3: Cable, Cable, Winter Soldier, The Rocketeer, The Joker, and Miles Morales.
4: I like all of those. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, James isn't a fan of the Rocketeer, but we talked on that episode about how much I like that design and particularly I know, the yeah, helmet I don't, design. I
2: don't love the Rocketeer as a character or even the film, but I think the design of it is like, you know, the flight suit and a helmet. Like mm. what's, what's not to love? It's, it's perfect.
4: Um, We talked on, again, an episode James wasn't on Winter Soldier. I think what's really... I mean, Winter Soldier... I mean, all the film does is do do the look from the comics, spot on. But the look from the comics, what what I find so impressive about Winter Soldier is that it's a very simple idea and it has become Mm. incredibly iconic in a short space of time. Like most of... I said this on, on this episode, but most of the iconic superhero costume designs actually go back quite a few years winter soldier was created in what 2005 um and you know everyone recognized it because of the movie but everybody recognizes it the black costume with the metal arm it's it's simple can, and brilliant can i
2: knock it off the list i think go on then <laughs> the, the face mask which exists purely to try and make it a surprise that it's bucky underneath
4: Right. Okay. I need to go back and, and listen it to the episode. Cool. We discussed work. this.
2: It doesn't even work in that context.
4: It does. It does. Follux, it worked does for it? people. We discussed this on the episode. It worked for people. It might not have worked for us, but it worked for people. <laughs> like it was a surprise reveal it for works. a lot of people watching James. that film.
3: It worked for Seb's mum. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Limara talked about it as well. Like obviously she knew, but no, <laughs> we we agreed that this this was a reveal that worked yeah. for multiple. You? I disagree.
2: That I fully one hundred percent disagree. <laughs>
3: Listen, I I don't like Sebastian Stan's Winter Soldier, but I would concur with Seb that the costume. I don't think I didn't think I nominated it, but um, I think the costumes really. I think yeah, the the metal arm, the long hair. I, I mean, just the fact that that costume makes you wonder for a second whether Sebastian Stan's Bucky Barnes is. It's cool. Do I like him? I oh, know. Oh, no, he's hes, <laughs> yeah, no, he's exactly. still the worst. It
4: achieves the feat of making that character look cool for a bit. So, come on. Um, Guys, I don't like Cable.
2: I, I mean, you I... just don't like Deadpool 2, though, do you?
4: You just don't like characters with metal
0: arms. Yeah.
4: <laughs> no,
3: I, I, li- <laughs> I mean, you like like. If I can only have one metal arm, make it Bucky's. Kay. And I, who thought I would ever say that? Um, I... So I was thinking about Cable and thinking about nominating him, and I googled him and I looked at it and I was like, "It's just a like I like it's Josh Brolin, and the the y stuff looks good, but other than that, it's a round t shirt and some military gear. And I get it, that's what Cable is, but I don't know, it
2: just doesn't. He has got a lot of pouches. Doesn't give me. He's got a lot of
4: pouches. That's what I like about it. (laughs) I think I think what I like about Cable is they did Cable. Yeah. That's that's basically what it boils down to. Like, is. He is basically they put a Cable terminator. on a movie screen. Yeah, and they did it. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um, do you know what we haven't talked about yet though, in this category?
2: Miles Morales?
3: Well, I, I think the two strongest ones, Mars Morales and The Joker.
4: I think with The Joker... I mean, you can't give them too much credit for putting him in a purple suit. I think what you I can think give you them can give them for... so much credit for putting him in a purple suit. Can you in, let me finish? In
2: the Nolan universe, <laughs> how many <laughs> Jokers have not been in a purple suit?
4: Exactly. But I think what you can give them credit for is finding a way to a put the Joker in a purple suit and have it be have it be kind of I, I'll do something different with it and have it be actually a facet of the character like this specific version of the character that they're doing what he's wearing, the whole thing about he's wearing custom made clothes with no labels that make him look simultaneously like a tramp but an incredibly well tailored tramp Mm. Um, you know the, the layers of mystery that are in the character are only furthered by the ridiculous contrast of what he's wearing like, you know, it's this really nice work, you know, specifically tailored suit where they don't know where it came from and it's falling apart and tatty and ripped. And, you know, I think the only reason I'd take points off it is that it was, it, I got sick of people cosplaying it so
0: quickly.
4: <laughs> I, I mean, The Office made a great gag out of the ubiquitousness of that costume, but still.
3: I was going to say when, and I remembered you were talking about the uh, the American remake the American of The Office. Office.
4: <laughs> I'm Um, talking about the better version of The Office. The one that does not have Mickey Gervais in it. Mifflinfinity.podbean.com, everybody.
2: (laughs) Cut that out!
3: (laughs) Um, Right, here's the thing. The purple costume, I can give them such enormous credit for going with something like that in the Nolan movies. When you look at almost... You know, Catwoman couldn't have ears. She had goggles. That was the the level that those movies were playing with. The, The Joker is the really outside of Bane's face mask is the only really garish villain costume that you get in the Nolan movies. Um so I will give them credit for that. And the hair and the makeup and the scars mm, actually, for the, me the scars. are all part the scars is all part of that costume.
4: Given the, that they weren't a part of the character before, but they but yeah, they, they are now.
2: Ubiquitous now.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: I, I, guys do I ever think for scars? because <laughs> I, re- I really like michael b Jordan's scars and i really like keith ledger's scars oh not a fan of cable scars so no yeah. I don't, no, i haven't so discovered you're, a fetish.
4: you're not you're not yeah. a fan of cable cars
3: <laughs> <laughs> um what about miles morales it, again i wonder whether this the, is re- okay, this recency is the only, bias
2: yeah well this is the thing right is that the miles morales costume that he ends up with in that film is great we've said before it betters the comics version
4: Mm. It's got the. I, I. I did we literally say this on the Spider Verse episode that the the recent comic that's come out, which has the Sara Pichelli yes, design, yeah, we did, yeah, which is very close. It's not that the movie deviates that much. It's just got little details and tweaks that push it much closer to his character, and and I feel like he looks wrong in a cleaner more straightforward version of the costume mm-hmm. now. It's the fact that it just introduces, again, that that raggedness and the and the graffiti-style look to the logo yeah, that's, and that's it's, in keeping with his personality. It's
2: homemade, which is like the, yeah. the thing about Spider-Man costumes, right? It, it looks homemade, whereas the one he wears in the comics looks like he got it from a Spider-Man tailor.
3: <laughs> and the hoodie that he wears with it when he's swinging through the streets, when yeah, he's on his way to the, the battle. Really and way, it, it ties yeah. in really nicely with Gwen's costume, And I know we haven't nominated Spider-Gwen here. That's a phenomenal costume, but essentially in an animated movie, what they have done is animated. Is it, uh, who's the artist? Robbie Rodriguez. Yeah, Robbie Rodriguez. I don't don't know if he designed
4: it, but yeah.
3: But it's essentially, that that costume is incredible on the page and they directly translated it. Mm. Whereas the Miles Morales one is...
4: They actually tweak it for the film and improve it.
3: Yeah. So, uh, do do you agree? Is it between those two, or do you want to make a like? I mean, the Rocketeer is great as well.
4: I'm, I am minded to vote for Rocketeer just to give <laughs> the film something. I do. I mean, again, James, you have know, heard this, but I said on that episode, I I loved that costume so much that I turned my Peter Venkman figure into a Rocketeer by making a little helmet for him out of paper <laughs> and card. Um, so. But-
3: Seb, if you go Rocketeer, James, what would you go? Uh,
2: probably Mars Morales.
4: Mm. And I'm I... just guilty because he didn't vote for him in Best Hero.
2: <laughs> well, I... to be fair, I don't. You know, I don't think he's the best hero, but I do think he's <laughs> he's got the best costume out of this bunch.
3: I would probably go for the Joker, but I think that it's close with Mars Morales. So I would be willing to cede that to James if if Seb would also be uh, gallant. <laughs> <laughs> Seb, you happy to give best costume to Miles Morales?
4: Yeah, I'll go on then. <laughs> I feel like I'm backing down a lot on this one.
0: <laughs>
3: We'll we'll see we'll see whether history bears that out. Um, we're approaching uh, the one and a half hour mark of this podcast, uh, which normally means we're about halfway through. Um, so let's do our traditional halfway category, which is best song. Um, and as I said, previous years we've we've only really been able to we kind of like picked one thing out each that we liked. Um, previous years' winners have been uh, Black Sheep from Scott Pilgrim vs. World. Um, Star Spangled Man from Captain America The First Adventure. Um and I basically railroaded Running Home to You from The Flash through, I think, last year because no one else was passionate about anything. <laughs> um, but this year we covered a full-on musical, and uh, these animated movies that have come out this year have had some good songs in there as well. Um and there's just, there's just, it's just been flat out a good year for songs in superhero movies. Um, so not making the list, nominated by James was the Eminem Venom track from Venom.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> Which, James, did you nominate just so we could have a little laugh at it on the podcast?
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
3: um, not quite making the cut, uh, My Superhero Movie from Teen Titans Go. Nah. And then a trio of songs from uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, Brand new day, everyone's a hero, in my eyes, didn't quite make the list. Um... Let's look at the actual nominees then. Okay, so we've got one song from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which is A Man's Gotta Do, which is the one that uh, Seb and I could agree on. Uh, We've then got one song from Batman Forever, which is Kiss from a Rose by Seal. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We've got one song from Teen Titans Go to the Movies, which is Go, or the Teen Titans Rap, which you might also know it by. Um, And then two songs from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We've got Home which is the kind of actual serious song. And then we've got Spidey Bells sung by Chris Pine, uh, which has been released on a Christmas EP, which I have been listening to on repeat ever since it landed on Spotify. (laughs) It is glorious. What a strong category. Um, I don't know how normally we play in bits from these. So should we each each just pick one of our favourites and we'll play out a clip from those and then decide the winner? So... um, James, I'll let you go first. Pick your favourite from those nominees.
2: Uh, It's got to be the Titans rap.
3: you haven't seen t-, t-, t Tyson's go if you if, if you don't have enough time to get through that movie just watch the first 10 minutes and experience that rap it is a it is a thing of pure pure joy um
2: and it reprises really well at the end as well it
3: reprises I, I twice, twice i think
4: that i watch soon so yeah
3: do it uh seb what would be your one pick if you had to go for one from those five
4: I mean, I'm, 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 I am surprised we only got one Doctor Horrible in there. And a man's got to do is, it's actually, I mean, it's great. It's not my favorite, uh, only in the sense that I prefer the other two. I nominated, which were Everyone's a Hero and Brand New Day. A man's got to do is great, but no, I want to make the case for Kiss from a Rose because I think, (laughs) seriously, I mean, it's cheesy as hell. It's corny, but I think from that era when you got f- songs that were done by pop artists to go on the soundtracks of blockbuster films. Sorry, you
2: say that era. We just had an Eminem track on Venom.
4: <laughs> yes. Venom Venom is not of this era, James. You know this. <laughs> um You know, that's one of the standout examples. I mean, the thing about Batman Forever is that it had two, and it had one of the only U2 songs I've ever liked as well, which is Hold Me Through, Me Kiss Me, Kill Me. But Kiss from a Rose is one of the most memorable. Like people, people remember that song, and they remember that song being in Batman Forever. And I have got—I mean, I can't say I'd ever put it on at home and listen to it, but I've got a sneaking soft spot for it. It doesn't matter because it's not going to win, because we know what's going to win. But yeah,
3: let's take a listen to Kiss from a Rose.
0: There is so much a man can tell you So much he can say You remain my power, my pleasure, my pain Baby, to me you're like a grown addiction that I can't deny Won't you tell me is that healthy, baby
3: So, yeah, it's kind of there as the as the little leftover piece, but I will, I will nominate A Man's Gotta Do uh, from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog.
0: Soon I'll control everything.
4: My wish is your command. Stand back, everyone, nothing here to
3: see. Just a danger in the middle of it, me. Yes, Captain Hammer's here, hair blowing in the breeze. The day needs my saving expertise. A man's gotta do what a
0: man's gotta do Seems destiny ends with me saving you The only doom that's looming is you loving me today So I'll give you a second to catch your
3: So, guys, three fine tracks there, but really, was it any of our favourite?
2: I mean, <laughs> the tit- the Titans' rap, I really loved, and I've been listening to for months and months. However, I don't see how, given that all three of us nominated Spidey Bells, yeah, which is just flat out hilarious. It's just
4: fucking hilarious. Yeah, the, really the,
3: the whole th- that that whole EP, which is what five tracks long. Um, a couple of Chris Pines, Jake Johnson, Yorma tacone uh, Shamit Moore. I Actually, I loved the Shamit Moore uh, Joy to the World as well. Uh, really great. But Spidey Bells, I mean, let's take a listen to Chris Pine's delivery here because it is a thing of beauty.
0: <laughs> oh, Spidey
2: Bells, Spidey Bells, swinging through midtown. Oh, what fun to sling a web and
3: take the bad guys down. Spidey Bells, Spidey Bells. Whipping all the
2: time. Oh, what fun to swing around New York while fighting crime. Whipping through the streets of New York every night. Wrapping bad guys
3: up in my web so tight. Crawling up the walls, making villains fight. What fun to make the holidays free from crime tonight. Oh, spider bells, goblin spells, vulture laid an egg. Spider Buggy blew a tire and Venom got away. Spidey Bells, Spidey Bells, swinging all the way. Oh, what fun it is to fight the bad guys every night.
0: It's, I just wow. want
2: to say the thing about Spidey Bells is that it is the most Shatner esque performance that
0: Caroline oh, has ever given. Yes. And it's he really played William Chris Shatner in three games. movies. <laughs>
4: Um I the, the, the biggest compliment I can pay Bells is that it would not feel out of place on the album Spider-Man Rock Reflections of a Superhero.
3: <laughs> I do not understand that reference, but um I can only imagine that the nerds out there are loving it, Seb.
4: I just and that, just that line, how hard it is to consistently bring peace to New <laughs> yeah. York. <all> <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love the I love the sort of breakdown at the end where he's mm. trying to complaining that his agent isn't
4: calling i have a degree in chemical engineering
3: (laughs) hey and it is the festive season so let's play out the podcast the first half of our awards special uh with the with a little bit more of that song and we will be back next week handing out the rest of our awards so tune back into that thanks for listening Enjoy some Spidey Bells. Bombs from Goblins Fling. Fling! Pumpkins booming bright bright! How hard it is to consistently bring peace to New York all night. Oh, Spidey Bells might be swelled to do more than fight crime. I got a lot of qualities that don't get much at oh, I can sing, I can dance, I tell jokes, I act, I get big beard, big, big deal praise you call me
0: back. Why did I agree? this stupid song I have a degree in chemical engineering I thought it would be fun to show this side of me but now I fear it lacks artistic integrity oh Spidey Bell